Welcome to Hume Summer 2022. Yes, yes. Can you guys give it up for your incredible opener cast? Bye, buds. Oh, man. We're going to get into it this week, are we? Let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump into the Word of God. Father God, we thank you for this evening. God, we thank you for the gift it is to be here at camp this week with our friends, with our churches. God, I pray even tonight as we open up your word, Father, that we would allow it to breathe out. God, we know that where your word is taught, it will not return void. And so God, even tonight through our human efforts to put on an opener and a show to communicate something so much bigger and deeper than ourselves, God, I pray and I ask and I know that you are going to move in incredible ways. So, Father, thank you for every single person who is sitting in this chapel, Lord. It is by no mistake that they are here. Father, as we talk about truth this week, God, I pray that we would all be challenged by the truth of your word. Father, whether we, we claim that we know you or we, we don't want to be have anything to do with you, God, would you work in a mighty way this week as we hear from your word. God, we love you and praise things in your name. Amen. Amen. If you guys have your Bibles, let's open up to Genesis 3. If you don't have your Bibles, let me say this. If you don't have your Bible here at chapel tonight, but you brought it to camp, please make sure that you bring it every single time that we are here in Ponderosa Chapel. Listen up, you guys. Because everything that we say and teach and communicate this week We don't want you guys to just take our word for it. We want you guys to be able to open up the word of God and see that what we are saying is plainly written in the text. So if you packed your Bibles to camp but forgot to bring it tonight, that's okay. Bring it tomorrow. If you didn't bring a Bible to camp, this is what I'm going to ask for you guys, but I'm going to ask that you would do it quietly and without distracting anyone. If you didn't bring a Bible, we have Bibles that we would love to give you guys. So what you're going to do in just a minute, you guys can stand up, walk along the outsides, go to the back of the chapel. Our lead counselors have Bibles for you guys. If that's you, if you need one, you guys can stand up. For everyone else, give me a yip-yip when you get to Genesis chapter 3. It's quick, huh? Because it's the very beginning. So a couple of things. Thanks, Balcony. I hear you. Yip-yip. Good. Yep, yep. This is the best. I love when people get Bibles. Do you guys have a lot of energy right now? Do you guys need to let out a yell? No? No? Okay. On my count, we're going to let out one yell. But listen, this is your only noise you get to make of this evening. You hear? Okay, good. One, two, three. Good. Oh, good. Let it all out. All right, Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3. As Mikey said even right here earlier, the reason that we wanted to flip chapel kind of on its head, for those of you guys who have been here before, you're like, oh, that was different. For those of you guys who have never been here, you're like, I know, no different. This is awesome or maybe not. But I hope it's awesome for you guys. The reason that we did that is because we wanted to set the stage for you guys and go, the most important thing that we are gonna be doing this week is opening the word of God, 
talking about this idea of truth. And so we wanted to set that up from the very beginning so that you guys don't misunderstand. We didn't want to just do an opener, a big production to wow you guys so that you'd have a lot of fun and be like, wow, camp is so awesome. But we were so intentional with the words that were chosen, how it was spoken, how it was communicated, so that the prayer is that you guys would be able to lock into what God has for you in store this week. So the reason that we started out our opener kind of in that modern day, right, Justin, you'll see him around camp. Justin comes out, he does a little rap situation, and he's talking about, man, we live in this world where everything is accepted as true. We live in a world where autonomy is the aim, meaning we want to be our own gods. We want to be in charge of our own lives. Phrases such as my truth versus your truth versus live your truth, do what's true for you, are used every single day. And yet when you read the word of God and you read in the book of John, which we'll talk about here in a minute, in John 14, 6, Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through me. Not me, Sarah, me, Jesus, right? And so we find ourselves here in this generation going, we live in a world that encourages us to define our own versions of truth, and yet Jesus so plainly says, I am the truth. If I didn't say it, if I didn't do it, it's just not true. And so we go, man, what do we do with that? What do we do with that, right? You guys feel that? You feel that in your schools, in your homes, right? Everyone is just defining whatever they want to be true, and that's not working out super well for us, right? So we started our opener kind of setting the stage of, man, this is what we see in our world and our culture today. And why did we go all the way back to the very beginning? It's a lot of ground to cover. The reason is because the first question in the Bible is found in Genesis 3, and it's an attack on truth. You saw it here as the serpent approaches Eve, and he says, did God actually say, did he really say you can't eat of any tree? Let's read it together. I'm not making this up. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And there's something about when someone says the word actually or really, right, that you're like, oh, wait, now I'm actually going to think about what they're saying. So Eve, she knows. She knows what God has said. She knows the command is clear. I remember what he told me. I can eat of every tree except for that one. With a touch, death is promised. And yet the serpent enters and he goes, did God really say that? And immediately she has a seed of doubt that is planted in her mind going, did God, did he say that? Why would he have said that? It goes on to say in verse 2, and the woman says to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the tree, sorry, of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate of it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. That same thing is happening today. Some of us, maybe some of us have grown up in the church or some of us have a familiarity with the truth of God's word. And we know, we know what God says. 
We know what he says about certain cultural issues or topics or you name it. We know. And yet over and over and over again, we choose what's right in the sight of our own eyes. We choose what we think and what we desire to make us wise rather than trust what God has said and established that happened in the garden and it's happening now. Do you guys see that? We know. We go, God, I see what you have revealed and said plainly in your word. And why do we do that? Well, because if we're honest, we want to be the gods of our own life. We want to be in control of what we choose to do, of what we choose to believe, and yet we're not. We all, whether or not you claim Jesus Christ as your Savior, and I pray and I would urge that you would, whether or not you do, we all sit under the sovereign authority of the God of the universe, which means if God created it all, he gets to decide how it all works, not us. So we live in a culture that has flipped this completely on its head. In Psalm 47, you guys don't have to turn there, but I will have you turn to John later. Verse 7 through 8, it says, For God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. Meaning that God is not just passive. He's not just the God of the universe. He created it all and he's stepped back and he's like, good luck, have your way. No, God reigns. He is actively involved in his creation and what he created, what he has set, and what he has established. And you and I, whether or not you want to hear this, we don't get to choose. We don't get to choose what is true, but we go to the word of God and we say, God, help me understand what you have said in your word. Right? Flip over now to John. It's in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm old and I still have to do that. So, you know, don't feel bad. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 18. <clears throat> Verse 33. You guys can give me a yip yip when you're there. It's the best way that I know you're tracking. Otherwise, I'm like, are you asleep? Yip yip. Yip yip. John chapter 18, verse 33. Mikey said it earlier, and this week we're going to be talking about truth. Not only are we talking about it, but we're going to present this idea and even combat this idea in our culture. If our culture says that relative truth reigns and you can decide your own versions of truth, like kind of like a pick-your-own-reality situation, what we're saying here at Hume Lake and your churches as well is that Jesus, right, we said this in John 14, 6, says that I'm the way, the truth, and the life, meaning that there is one truth, not a truth, not a life, but the way, the truth, and the life. Our theme verse for this summer is this passage found in John 18. This is right after Jesus is arrested. He's before Pilate, and it says this, John 18, verse 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? 
This is at the right before Jesus is about to be crucified. So after his life, after his ministry, which your wonderful speaker this week, his name is Eric Tonis, and he is going to be able to walk you guys through the book of John. Good luck, Eric. There's a lot there. Um, but this is at the end of his ministry, and it says in verse 36, Jesus answered, my kingdom, or no, sorry, uh, 35, Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus, if we look at the life of Jesus, what did Jesus do? Why were the Jews mad? Were they mad that he was healing people? Not necessarily unless it was on the Sabbath. Were they mad that he was a nice person? No. The Jews are mad because Jesus claimed to be God. Pilate, who's Roman, could care less. He's like, I'm not a Jew. I don't follow the same religious ideologies as the Jewish people. But what Pilate's doing is going, what is this man doing here that's caused all this upheaval? And what, do you, what have you done? Your own people don't even want you. In 35, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate says to him, so you're a king. Jesus answers, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose, I was born, and for this purpose, I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate says to him, what is truth? If there's anything that you and I have learned in this last couple years, it's that we're all at some point have eventually asked this question, what is truth? Right? From a global pandemic to all of the things that that brought, every, all the opinions, all of the things... We're all kind of looking around going, what can we even trust? Our world is broken. Our world is chaotic. How can I even know what's true? And Jesus, Jesus brings truth and he brings life. And he says, would you trust and would you listen? And would you rely on my word? Because in a world that is broken and can only promise you brokenness and chaos and pain, Jesus Christ says in John 8, he says, the truth will set you free, which is also so countercultural to what our culture tells us. We have this idea that if we can only decide what's true, that we'll feel free, right? Because, well, I'm just going to accept that this thing is true or that this thing is true, and I don't have to, like, worry about all the other things. And Jesus is going, no, that's only going to bring chaos and pain and brokenness and confusion, but if you trust me, if you rely on my word, if you believe that I am who I say that I am, the truth will set you free. This question here that Pilate is asking is not new to us, right? It is not new to us. And so this week, as we talk about and combat this idea of relative truth, there's something that I want to establish with you guys now, too. I understand and I recognize that this concept is difficult. And it's difficult because it battles our own ideologies of what we believe and what we want to believe. And so with that said, how I want to cover this week for you guys is found in 1 Corinthians 13. Flip over there. Keep going. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians You can give me a yip-yip. I'll go with it. That's majority vote. We 
I think the other thing that we've also found in our world, and probably part of the pandemic, part of it, all of it, is that we don't know, or we have a hard time sitting across the table and disagreeing with someone, right? And being able to articulate, man, I hear you, I, I understand that you believe these things, but can I tell you what I believe? Can I tell you about the grace of Jesus Christ? Can I tell you what he has extended and offered to me? Can I tell you about what my life looked like before I knew Jesus and what it looks like now after knowing Jesus? And we live in this world where we're just, we're so mean to each other. Our words are so harsh. We have chosen sides. We have become divided because I feel like, and I, what I've observed is that we've lost the ability to be able to, in love, disagree with someone. And so as we talk about truth this week, it may be difficult for some of you in this room. Man, it's difficult for me at times. There's times that I read the scriptures and I go, my family, if you guys know me, some of you do, some of you don't, my family doesn't know the Lord. And there's times that I'll read the Bible and I'll go, man, are what you, is what you're saying that if my brothers or my dad doesn't call on the name of, Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ and place their faith in them, in him, does that mean they're spending an eternity apart from Jesus? The answer to that question is yes. And there are times as I read the text that it's difficult for me. It's hard. And we can go ahead and we can be honest and we can say, God, this is difficult for me to understand, but I'm going to trust and believe that you are the sovereign king of the universe, that you created it, all of it, and you get to decide. And so when I don't understand, the beautiful thing is that you are God and I am not. And so as we sit in here in this week and we talk about truths found in God's word and how they can shape your life and change your life, I want you guys to know that you're loved. And I want you guys to know that Hume Lake, we did not choose this theme because we wanted to just insist on our own way of being right. We did not choose this theme to point fingers and say, man, how silly if you believe something completely other than what the Bible says but to show you guys motivated from a place of love, knowing what chaos and confusion and brokenness is ensued by not knowing and believing and trusting the God of the Bible and go, man, I love you and I want you to listen to this because Jesus Christ is the only thing that can bring hope in a world that is hopeless. Peace to a world that is in chaos even when we don't understand what's going on. So in 1 Corinthians 13, it says this. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Friends, this week, if all we do is present to you a really awesome, incredible case about why Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, which, 
for the record, is why the book of John was written. John says that in chapter 20. He says, I wrote, the, if all of the things that Jesus were, all the things that Jesus did were recorded, there'd be many other things in this book. But these were written so that you may believe that Jesus is, is the Christ. And by believing in his name, you may have life. That's why John writes a book. That's why we chose the book of John. But if all we do at the end of the week is present to you guys a lot of facts and a lot of things that are true about the person of Jesus Christ, and you don't know and you don't experience the love of Christ, then we've missed it. And so for us this week, as we communicate to you guys, our hope and our prayer is that it is done in all boldness, in all truth, that we can have a discussion and go, man, can I tell you what the Bible says about that? And can I tell you why the world is actually wrong when it says this? but that you would know, first and foremost, that you are loved by the God of the universe. Because if you don't know that, if you don't care to know that, you are not going to care what he has to say. You're not. And so this week, as we talk about difficult things, and you guys are in your cabin times, and you're wrestling through difficult topics with your counselors, would you know that you are loved? And would you experience that love from the God of the universe? The best decision that I have ever made in my entire life was proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord. And here's why. I'm just going to tell you guys this. For some of you, you know why. Because apart from Christ, I am dead in my sin. I am dead in my trespasses. That is true for all of us. We are broken, sinful Innately sinful people, we are not innately good. We are not inherently good. We are not born good. We are born into sin, born into darkness. Right? And what we see here in Genesis 3, we see the fall of mankind as Eve chooses, you know what, I'm not going to trust what God has said. I'm going to choose what I think is correct. I'm going to choose what I desire to make me wise. And so the rest of history unfolds and we find ourselves here going, how can I get right before a holy God of the universe that created it all? The answer is we can do nothing on our own. There's nothing that we could do to make ourselves right before a holy God. But the God of the universe sees that and he loves us. And in John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Right, so that we, may not have, that we may not perish, but we would have eternal life for those of us who trust and believe in his name. And so right now, what I want to tell you guys, the best decision I ever made was going, this is who I was before Jesus. I was dead in my sin. I was broken. I had no hope. My family's whack, man. You guys don't know them, but I'll tell you about them if we ever get the chance. They're crazy. And all I ever knew growing up was brokenness. I couldn't understand how a God would be good. I couldn't understand how a God would love me. And yet he does. And so because of that great love, he sends his only son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to live a life that you and I could never live and to die the death that you and I deserve. And now for those of, us, of, those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we are given or clothed the righteousness of Christ. And so when God sees me, Sarah, he doesn't see who I was. He sees who I am in his son. And so this week, that's what it's all about. The reason that we are here, the reason that we are proclaiming truth and teaching you guys what the Bible says is so that you would know and have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the world is screaming at you 
and telling you all these things and you're broken and you're hopeless and you don't know which way is up, that you can look and you can call upon the name of the Lord and you can understand that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And if he didn't say it, it's not true. If he didn't do it, it's not true. So this week, for those of you guys who maybe... <clears throat> There's a, there's a range in here, I assure you. There are those of you who have grown up in the church your whole life. There are those of you who got on the bus, got off the bus, walked into chapel, and didn't realize you were at a Christian camp until this very moment. And you're like, how did I get here? My parents sent me what? Right? You've been duped. Just kidding. We are so happy, joyful that you guys are here because I believe that every single one of you is here for a very specific purpose. Every year we talk about this. Every year we feel like the theme that we're doing at Hume this summer is the most important theme in the world. Last year we talked about the characteristics of who God is, if you guys were here. Jaira on the road out of Copperhead, right? It was a Western. And I remember that summer going, man, this is the most important thing for us to know. And this year we're going, man, truth is the most important thing for us to talk about because it is so culturally relevant, right? And if we don't know truth then we are going to be left up to our own devices, spinning our own wheels, trying to define what we think is true. When we have the fully revealed word of God right here in our midst, we don't have to be left up to our own devices to understand and to know truth. It's right here. The week, this week, what we're going to be talking about tomorrow morning is the first morning you're going to get to hear from Eric Thomas. He's your speaker for the week. He's the best. He's going to be talking about the truth of God. And we're going to be looking at that God is the creator of all things, right? I said it earlier, meaning if God created it all, he determines it all, right? The next time, or Monday night, tomorrow night, we're going to be talking about the truth of scripture, the truth of the word of God, that it is reliable, that it is without error. And the following night, we're going to be talking about the truth of Jesus' life and his teaching. What is it that Jesus claims about himself? Who is this Jesus we're even going to talk about? We're going to look at his life, the miracles that he performed, the signs that point to who he is as the Messiah. Thursday, Wednesday, we're going to be talking about the truth of sin. Right? And that, that one is always difficult for some. That we are dead in our sin that there's nothing that we could do, right, to make ourselves right for a holy God. We're going to talk about that. We're then going to talk about the incredible, incredible grace and good news of Jesus Christ, that we are not left dead in our sin, but there is a way for us, for all of us who place our faith in Jesus Christ. And then the very last night of camp, which feels like an eternity from now, but it's going to fly, we're going to talk about the truth of the life of the believer, Meaning if all of these things that we just talked about are true, then what does that mean as we head down the hill on Saturday morning? If Jesus Christ is who he says he is, if his word is fully reliable, if it's fully without error, then what does that mean for you and I? And the beautiful thing is, although us Hume staff love you guys, we don't go home with you guys on Saturday, right? You guys go home with churches counselors and youth pastors who are sold out to navigate this life with you as you guys have tough questions and are trying to understand and discern what the world's saying versus what the word of God says, your counselors and youth pastors are here for you. It's so beautiful that we are not meant to walk this Christian journey by ourselves. So this week, that is what we are doing. And I'm pumped because I think in the past three weeks, 
We have seen the Lord work in such incredible ways. And we know that he will continue to work in incredible ways because where his word is taught, it does not return void. Our film this summer, for you guys who know, um, it looks a little different. How many of you guys saw the trailer? Good, a handful of you guys. Good, it's a little thing that gets sent out. It's fine if you didn't. Our film is done in six different spoken word pieces. So a similar fashion to what you guys just saw in the opener. And all it is meant to do is to address and get you guys thinking about the specific topics that Eric is gonna be teaching through that night. They're meant to be thought provoking. They're very clear. They'll get you guys asking good questions. And my hope this week, my prayer this week is that you guys would know and acknowledge that this is a safe space for you to process through all of the difficult things that you guys are processing through. There are some tough questions and there are some things, full transparency, that I won't be able to answer, that your counselors won't be able to answer, but we can point you to the word of God and go, would you trust and rely on what his word says? Amen? Here's what we're going to do in just a minute. I'm going to pray for us. And then when I'm done, let me give you guys some directions. After I pray, ladies, you're going to stay here. Gentlemen, you guys are going to go to Memorial Chapel, which is the chapel right behind here. They're like, yes, men. After that, <laughs> after that, it's free time, okay? So the time is yours. Cool? Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that in a world that is chaotic and broken and confused and divided and depraved and all of the things, Lord, we thank you that you are a true north. God, we thank you that you have given us your son. God, we thank you that you have given us your word. Father, that as we try to understand what's true, that we are not left up to our best guess but we are left up to what you, the God of the universe, has said and established and set aside in his word. Father, I pray for this week as we go about hearing each of the different messages from Eric, God, that, Father, I pray for the people in this room, God, that they would know that they are loved by you. Father, for, the, for those who have come into this space, God, and they're trying to understand and trust and yet are living in just this confused and wrestling place in their life, God. Father, I pray that you would interject, God, that they would know they're loved by you. Father, they would turn their lives away from sin, God, and that they would believe that you are the Christ, that you are the Savior of the world. God, and not only would we believe that, but Father, would we understand why that matters? Would we understand why that's important? God, I thank you for the men and women sitting here. Lord, I trust and I know that you have an incredible week set out for us. God, would we believe that? Would we be excited for that? And God, would we look to the teaching of your word? Father, we love you and praise you in your name. Amen.